What's up, everybody? This is another episode of Wes Hoffman with Friends. This episode is with my friend James Dunn. Uh, James, when I think about someone who's enthusiastic about personal development and personal growth, James is someone who comes to my mind. Um, he has been to multiple Tony Robbins um, meetups and conferences. He's held his own conferences called the Epic Living Social Club. And now he's doing this really cool thing called uh, Divorce Dad Coaching where he works with divorced dads and gives them support and encouragement and helps them work through what they're going through, which I think is really important. So we talk about that and a bunch of other stuff. And um, one point that I really liked in this podcast was um, I had thought about this question that I wanted to ask him was, do, mo- do you think, and this is what I ask him is, does he think most people know what they want? And that's a very important question. That's a very simple question that I think a lot of us overlook. And I'm at a point in my life now, um, after 37 years, where I'm really whittling that down and um, simplifying my answer and uh, working on that. So it's it's a big question, but it's so small and so simple. So um, if there's one thing that you ever want to work on in your life, um, if you are a journaler or not, um, however you brainstorm, however you work out problems, work on that problem, what do I want? And you'll be interested to see what you find. Um, a lot of us, I think, don't know. Um, I didn't know for a really long time. I still don't know. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. But I thought that was an interesting conversation piece. Um, and I wanted to mention that that, that is coming up later uh, in this episode. So if you want to follow James, uh, he's on Instagram at the real James Dunn. Uh, his last name is D-U-N-N. It's all in the liner notes. Check it out. Um, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, we're still in the middle of a global pandemic, even though things uh, are reopening and seem to go back to normal. We have to remember that this uh, virus is still alive and well. So stay safe out there, my friends. Much love and enjoy this episode with James Dunn. James Dunn, what's going on, man? Hey, man, not much. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. Um, uh, in true form, uh, I, you know, instead of an introduction, uh, yeah, I'll give a little, a little bit of an introduction to who you are, but uh, um, I like to just kind of talk about how we made the connection and how we become friends and recently how um, you've helped me or how we've helped each other. And um, I guess we've probably met like, uh, it's, it's been maybe five years ago now. Um, but, uh, at at maybe at one of the tree, I, I, it's, it's very, very vague to me how we actually met, but, um, (laughs) it's it's one of those that I think almost every time we, we try and bring it up, we're like, wait, how the hell that happened? Yeah. And and then we finally circle back. I finally remember it. Thankfully it's been recently enough that we've had this conversation that I do remember the initial introduction, at least for me was seeing you give a speech at, one of the colleges, oh, um, you were you were up there giving a speech. I was there to see Michael Groban or Groban. I can't remember exactly even what his name was now. Um, but I was there to see somebody else, and you happened to be on before him for this presentation. I'm like, oh, oh, was it Umsel? Cool. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, you have to be a really cool guy, and you were from Collinsville, I think, you, you know, is where you'd mentioned it at the time or something. I'm like, well, this guy's, like, local, man. I, I need to follow this guy. Yeah. So, and I think I eventually reached out to you, and we ended up, you know, grabbing a, some breakfast over at Teaspoons or whatever it was. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the friendship blossomed from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think... You've actually been on this podcast at least once that I can remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, you've been doing some really cool stuff uh, over the last couple of years with your uh, Epic, Level Social, Ep- Epic Living Social Club. <laughs> and then, you know. It was, you... it was horribly named because nobody can ever say it right the first time. <laughs> and at least you got it in the right order because so often I get Epic Social Living Club. Like, just stop and really think. Does that make any sense? Epic yeah. Social Living <laughs> Club? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, and then yeah. you know you were doing this thing in uh, during quarantine where it was like uh, product. Wh- what was it? Uh, See, I, I make outbreak, turning so, outbreak into opportunity. So yeah, turning outbreak into I make everything so hard. I, I need well, I, I need to really work on my naming of things because every time I name something, it's always like four or five words long. People are like, wait, what was that? Uh, something. They remember like one or two of the words. I can remember the whole thing, but yeah. Turning the outbreak into opportunity was the the thing I put together during the COVID yeah. quarantine, which was really cool, man. I think um, it, it's been it's just been really cool to follow your journey and the different things that you've been doing and um, how you've been serving people and stuff like that. And uh, you're a person that when I think about someone who's passionate about personal growth and personal development and becoming the best that they can be. Uh, you're one of the first people that comes to my mind. Um, so I, I appreciate you putting that kind of vibe out into the world. Awesome, man. Yeah, and and that, that makes me so happy, you know, that people even think of me for that. Just because I went through so many, you know, struggles, you know, in my teenage years and 20s, even into my 30s. It wasn't in my mid-30s when I had my second divorce that I really started diving deep into personal development. And the crazy thing was I'd been studying it for 10, probably almost 15 years prior to that, thinking that I was on the path to personal growth, but it was a very surface level understanding of everything. And it wasn't until, like I mentioned, you know, having my second divorce that I was like, wait a minute, man, there's, there's a common denominator here in these two divorces and it's you brother, you know, yeah, you're, you're not obviously doing the work that you're thinking that you're doing and you need to go much deeper in this. And, and so you know, once I uncovered that and then really started doing the work, it was just one of those things. Naturally, I felt like, well, I guarantee there's a ton of other people out there who haven't even thought about personal development, mm-hmm. you know, who need to hear about this. Because like I say, I was, I was thinking I was doing it and wasn't doing it. So let alone the people who haven't even started on this journey yet and just trying to make it accessible to them and say, hey, this is here, you know, and you can – dramatically transform your world if you're willing to open up to some new ideas and and get out of this you know rat race and just the hamster wheel you know mentality that we all you know kind of get caught up in in the world absolutely man absolutely and and uh yeah it's it's hard to break out of that and i something that you mentioned uh just you know that that really resonated with me was like the common denominator is yourself and that is something that is um I've that's always resonated with me too is um and yeah I mean I've always kind of 
erred on the side of, oh, I'm, I'm growing, I'm always trying. I think sometimes it's a, it's a word that we throw around of like, oh, yeah, I'm always trying to grow. I'm always trying to learn more. But like, yeah. but really, really, like, what am I? <laughs> am I really, really trying to do, like, you know, um, am I really trying to make things happen? Am I really trying to, to transform my life? And, and how am I growing? And, and what, if you ask me, what am I really, truly um, working on or trying to grow out of um, or grow into, uh, then it, if, if I feel like if, when I can answer those questions, that's when I know that I'm really um, get going somewhere. Yeah. And then if I can even say, how am I doing that? What are the practices that I'm putting in place to do that? Then I really know that I have something in place. But um, yeah, the, I feel like that's something that um, it's always me. I always try to look at, I feel like in the past, I've look, I thought the circumstances around me um, were the thing, oh, well, this is just how life is and this is just how things are going to be. But uh, like when you flip the script, so to speak, and ask yeah. yourself like, well, what is it that I can change within me? Um, because I've recently, and these are things that I've preached, but like these are things that I've also recently like really in a radical way <laughs> lived out. Like what is it that I can do that I can change to to become a happier person to really grow and grow into the person that I want to be. Um, how did, you know, you mentioned like your, 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 you had, uh, after your second divorce, um, mm -hmm. that's, you know, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast already and I, you know, I don't want to go into full detail, but I, that's something that I'm going through too. And it has been a very transformative experience for me. Um, there's, I, I think that I will probably be, the rest of my life <laughs> looking back <laughs> at that relationship or, um, you know, and, and learning lessons from that situation. Um, and you know, I, I do just want to give a disclaimer, like no ill will towards, um, you know, my previous relationship I've grown, I'm growing through it. Um, I don't have any like frustrations toward that person. It's just, uh, it was time to move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think for both of us, um, but it, it it's yeah. like, um, the things that I'm learning every day that are coming up that, um, about myself and about um, my boundaries and all that, like, what are some of the things that really uh, kind of sparked this path of personal growth for you through that experience? Yeah, so like I say, it was just really, like I say, seeing that I was a common denominator in both of these divorces and saying, okay, I, there's obviously something that I'm thinking you know, and these, there's actions that I'm taking that are not allowing me to, to create this happy, loving, caring relationship that, that I truly want. And so it was just being able to take responsibility for that. Um, and, and for me, it was a beautiful blessing that as that relationship was ending and I knew that something had to change. And like I said, I'd already been into personal development for a very, very, very long time. It just so happened that I went to, pardon me, my very first Tony Robbins event mm. right after that divorce happened. And it in introduced me to something. And I didn't realize it exactly at the time. I knew it was a transformative experience, but I didn't realize exactly what it was from that event. Um, but what it turned out to be was putting myself in a room with other people and having open, honest, hard, you know, awkward conversations 
about my feelings and my emotions and the things that I had gone through and limiting beliefs because so, so often in life we want to put up these, you know, these walls and this image that, you know, life is perfect. And, you know, even you think about, you know, somebody actually, Hey, hey, how's your day going? You're like, hey, I'm great, man. Like, you know, we just did an introduction before you're like, Hey, how, how you doing? I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody ever tells you the quote unquote truth. Like, well, my day's going shitty. I'm having trouble with it. What, you know, and obviously when we're in that situation, we're not really looking for the true deep, deep story. But if, but the reality is we don't generally have a lot of safe space to have those conversations with anybody. Um, even in, you know, marriages, unfortunately, I don't think a lot of those are set up where people create that space for their partner to say, Hey, truly, honestly, how's your day going? Yeah. You know, just, just tell me, and I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to correct it. I just want to give you a chance to kind of share with me what's going on and just let me be here for you. And so it was being in a room where I was able to do that with people. And thankfully it was complete strangers. So I didn't have this fear of this person's going to judge me because I'm never, ever going to see them again. Mm -hmm. You know, I can just tell, I can tell them anything. I can tell them my deepest, darkest secrets and I'll never see them again. So I don't have to worry about this. And just that ability, man, was, was transformative. And isn't that, so it should doesn't it feel like it should be the other way around like the people that you're closest to you feel like oh I, I you should be able to tell them anything and that they wouldn't judge you you know it doesn't that feel a lot more like unconditional love than like we I cuz I'm the same way man if I if I meet somebody that I don't think I'm ever going to see again <laughs> I will tell them everything because yeah. I'm like it it doesn't matter I don't care that this this person doesn't know my past I'm never going to see them again um you know what have I got to lose but with the people that we love the most our our parents our spouses or like our best friends we're afraid to tell them these like yeah. deep things about us because we're of they might reject us they might not love us anymore they might think yeah. badly of us and it's like it really would you agree like that it should be oh. the other way around like <laughs> yeah absolutely you would you would think that that's the way that it would be or should be well it definitely should be that way in life and you would think that's the way it would be but unfortunately it's not because we yeah. do have you know, like you said we're, we have that fear of rejection we have that fear of losing that love from this person and we know at least in our minds, they have this particular image of us, of who we are and what we're about. And so when we come to them with something that's completely off of that, we're like, oh, crap, I don't want them to think differently. I mean, I don't, I don't want them to think any less of me. And so, yeah, we get too worried about what what they're going to think of us. Uh, but if it really is a true, loving, caring relationship, you know, they're going to love you yeah. for exactly who you are, no matter what you're going through. And they're going to want to be there for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think something, uh, it's, it's really difficult and this is something that I, um, am working on, uh, or that I've found to be true is that, uh, essentially it's just being more vulnerable with people. Um, when I was going through that time of, um, you know, separate, separating from my marriage and, and leaving, it was like, I really opened up to, um, I don't want to say a lot, but I opened up to several of my close friends and I was like, and my family and explained to them what what was going on. And you're, I was worried that, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of fear of like, are are they going to be okay with me? Um, 
you know, making this decision or how, how are they going to take it? It's the unknown. Yeah. It's, it's how, are, how is this going to be received? And, yeah. and, you know, that's such a cool thing about vulnerability is like most of the time when you, when I've done that, when I've opened up and been like, hey, I really need to tell you something that's like, it's going to be uncomfortable for me to say. It's, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to react. Maybe I'm not even saying that to the person, but I'm thinking it in my mind. Yeah. And then you say it, it most of the time that person then it, it, it brings me closer together to whoever that person is as yeah. opposed to if I'm afraid and I don't say anything and I hold back, it, it might create more distance. Um, and well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the beautiful thing is when you do open up to somebody like that, like, so yeah, it's, it opens up a new area, you know, of your relationship and a new trust between the two of you. And I think a lot of what it really the work that, I, that I've done a lot of and that I continue to do is just being more and more comfortable in myself and being comfortable with the, you know, if somebody doesn't understand where I'm at or does reject me, that's on them. You know, I can't, mm. I can't control how they react because um, I'm always coming from a place of love. I would never do or say anything to hurt anybody intentionally. So if I, if I bring something up, I'm doing it in a space of love and trying to, you know, make things better. And if for whatever reason they reject that, that's, that's unfortunately on them. And, and, and I have to be able to accept that, that they may walk away or may be upset and may not take it, you know, the way that I'd hope they would. But again, as long as you're always coming from a place of love, you, you just have to put it out there and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's 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 a risk. It's it, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's awful. Like I said, it's scary as fuck, man. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, it's it, I have found that for the most part, um, it, it's usually well received if it's coming from a place of um, you know I'm sharing this to because especially now that I'm older and I share things with people, um, we're a lot. Uh, my friends and you know people that are. I mean, I'm almost. I'm pushing 40. So like, <laughs> you old man. You know, I'm in my late thirties now. So like, you old man. Yeah. when I talk to people, we're, we're a lot more mature now and it's like kind of a lot more understanding. And, um, I think in the past, uh, I was just more afraid of, of people rejecting me or making fun of me when I, when I would open up about stuff or show emotion in front of people. And now I'm, yeah. actually, I'm realizing that, you know, if I show emotion, if I cry, if I'm, uh, you know, open about it, that's gives other people permission to feel like they can too, because, um, or even if I'm uh, my best friend, uh, Jacob told me, he's like, Wes, everybody loves to be around you and feels like they can be themselves around you because you are unapologetically yourself. You're just this goofy, you know, uh, when I'm around him, like I'm just this goof. I make up songs and I, I actually made up one about you, James. Nice, <laughs> I, yeah. You know, like um, I make I up little it. songs about the people that I that I like, and we're, and I we're just goofy, and and then other people feel like they can be more of their their true selves too. And I think that goes for the same with that goes the same with vulnerability. Is if you're open, other people feel like they can be open too, and they can be vulnerable, and it kind of um, just opens that door a little bit. I think we need more of that in the world today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I love that because it, and it's so true. The more that we can just open up and I've actually talked about this a couple of times here very recently, the more that we can open up and share our stories and our struggles and our pains and just anything, like I said, just even our goofy side and just be ourselves. 
the more we allow other people to see that and go and they can say, Oh damn, well, if he's being that way, then I guess that means it's okay for me to be that way. And you know, I don't, we don't have to judge everyone and it's natural. I mean, trust me, I still, I see somebody with purple hair and I'm still like, well, that's funky. But then I, I've, I'm at least able to bring it back to like, but that's them, man. They're expressing themselves. I think that's beautiful because they're comfortable in their own skin and being who they are. And that's what the world truly needs is more people just to feel absolutely comfortable in exactly who they are because that's, that's when you're the happiest. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I completely agree. And, and that, that's a hard, it's, it's hard though because you know you have purple hair, you have a bunch of tattoos, or you have, you know, I used to have facial piercings and stuff, and this was in the early two thousands, late nineties, and you know if you walk up to somebody now, now you know there's to see somebody to have who has a nose ring or a lip ring or that septum ring in the middle of their nose, it's pretty normal, and, yeah. and uh, you know the cashier at Walmart ha- has uh, like, you know it's yeah. like it's not not a big deal. But back then it was it was kind of a big deal, and people would look at you funny, or or you would get made fun of, um, and and I think that still exists to an extent, is where there are people who do judge, and there are people who who make fun or have their their biases or their prejudices, and you don't feel like um, you know when we're made to feel like we can't be, or when we're made to feel like uh, when we're judged or made fun of. I have a huge fear of judgment that I'm working through. <laughs> I've been working through it for a long time. And and it, it's funny because like, you know, I've been up on, um, you know, I've, I've done speeches in front of hundreds of people and I, I've done podcasts and I put a lot out there, but I'm, I am so afraid of somebody. I don't know what it is and why, and, and this has never happened. Um, I'm so afraid of either somebody coming out of the woodwork and telling me that, I'm bullshit or that I'm an idiot, um, which even if they did, I would just kind of like, it would hurt me, but yeah. I would still mo- keep doing what I'm doing. Um, or I'm afraid that people are thinking that and they're not, and I'm not hearing about it and they're judging me and I'm not, it's the unknown, you know? Yeah. That's almost worse because yeah. you, you think that, oh, they love me, but no, really secretly they think I'm a goofball and they, they're laughing behind my back. They're not laughing with me. They're laughing at me. Yeah. that. But, you know, and I've got a few years on you, so I, I've been able to do a little more of, of that, you know, work. And, and that is one of the beauty pieces of getting a little older is you do get more and more to the point like, you know what? I just don't care if you like me or not. I, I've, I've gotten – and I'm not 100% there. I, I joked one time with somebody. It's like I care enough to put pants on when I go out the front door and it's – you know, because I, <laughs> I don't want people seeing me walking around in my underwear, but <laughs> it, it's one of those where just the more experience you have in life, the more you realize it really doesn't matter what other people think about you. You know, the, the key to true happiness is just living your life and not trying to hurt anybody, but just living your life, being happy and doing, you know, again, what makes you and the people around you happy. And if other people love that, awesome. Or if they don't, well... Again, that's that's back on them, and that has nothing to do with you. And yes, that's, that's something they need to deal with. Yes, and you know, I I going through this. Um, I mean, I got a new job a little over six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've moved out. Of, I've moved into a new apartment. Uh, you know, I'm I've ended this long term relationship for twelve years, 
And as I'm go making all these changes, which these are changes that needed that I needed to make for my own happiness and like my own mental, physical, emotional health, like pretty much everything. Um, I wondered how how are people going to perceive this? Like, okay, I, I'm I, I'm still doing coaching on the side. Um, you know, I, it's not something that I'm like heavily pushing or promoting right now. But like, uh, you know, people do reach out to me, and I and I still do one-on-one -on -one coaching and stuff like that. But for the most part, my business that I was doing is not my main source of income anymore. And yeah. I thought, well, how are people going to, how is this going to be perceived publicly? You know, are, pe is this, are people going to think it's a failure? Um, are people going to think this or that or the other? And then the same thing with um, the relationship. And, um, you know, now I've, uh, it's, I've moved to a new place. Like, how, how are people going to perceive this? And I got so much, so far to like rock bottom, um, that, or so far into like an unhappy state of unhappiness that I was like, I don't give a shit what anybody <laughs> thinks. This is for me and my own happiness. And I don't want to say, I don't want that to come off as like, um, as like a, a, a fuck you. I don't care what you think type thing. It's more of a, just like, this is for me and this is what I have to do. And if, however other people perceive this. It's none of my concern. No, uh, this exactly. is what I need to do to transform my life right now, and and, yeah. and to to pursue my own happiness. And I'm trying to live more in that space. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I I fucking love that man. And you know, you and I were just talking right before we got on the call here, you know, about my podcast. And I had a very similar situation where I've known for a little while that I've been trying to juggle one too many things. You know, I, I've I, I've just had too much on my plate right now, and my big focus is, you know, life coaching and working with divorced dads. I'm in the process of putting together, you know, a program to help them, and that's going to take a lot. I mean, it's taking up a lot of my time, but I've got this podcast over here, and I do motivational, inspirational posts on Instagram and Facebook. I've got all these things, and I, I've known for a little while that I kind of wanted to do something with the podcast, maybe stop, maybe just scrap it all together, but I, I had that fear, and you know, like, Fuck, man, what are people going to think? You know, uh, he only did this podcast for three or four months. I mean, I got like 115, 120 episodes in, but, you know, what are people going to think if I if I shut down the podcast? And I finally, like you just said, man, like you just said, I got to the point, I was like, fuck it. I don't care. You know, I'm yeah. going to, I decided not to scrap it all together. I just, I'm going to put a pause on it. I'll take a break. It may be, you know, a month, it may be two months, it may be six months. I don't fucking know. But I knew, like you just said, for me, the best thing was going to be to take the break from that because I, I was trying to pour from an empty cup. Mm. You know, I was, I was doing too many things, man. And I had, Same. I didn't have enough left to give to that anymore. Same. Yeah. yeah. I got to the point where I didn't have enough. I didn't have any, like I had everything backwards. Um, you know, I mean, we we have a mutual friend in Mike Kitko. Uh, yeah. He was a guest on the podcast, uh, on my podcast as well, and he talks about a lot about take care of yourself first, mm -hmm. and, and that was something that I thought I was doing. I thought I was really good at self-care. I meditated every day. I journaled most days. Um, I did things like I have little hobbies, like um, I love retro gaming and pinball, so you know, I have a Sega Genesis that I would, I would do things, that, and, and I, I would like invest in my hobbies and stuff. But on, on the inside, like, um, as, as far, like, yeah, those things were things that make me happy. Um, and meditation is one thing that, that 
does help with my mental health, but spiritually and emotionally, there were a lot of things that I, that I needed to, um, what's the right purge maybe, or like, uh, or, or work on. And I, I, I was just kind of waking up every day thinking I need to do these things so that other people will be happy so that either my wife will be happy or, um, or that I need to take care of my clients when it was really, I needed to press pause on everything and be like, what does Wes want? Like what, what do I really want in my, out of my life? What do I want my life to look like? Where do I want it to go? What, what's really going to like asking myself all these important questions. And I mean, (laughs) I, I don't, I what it's funny because once I did that and I started, once I defined, uh, I guess what I, when I first said, uh, I'm not happy with X, Y, and Z, what will make me happy? Well, the things that are currently in my life, these aren't. So I need to get away from them and then I can move towards what will. Um, do you think most people, I thought about this on my way home from work today. Do you think people know what they want in life? No, (laughs) me neither. (laughs) No, I sure as shit did not for a really long time. I, I think that a lot of people think they know what they want, but it's, I think it's more of what society tells them they should want. I, I guarantee you that the vast majority of the population has never sat down, truly spent time to figure out what they want, not what their kids want, not what their parents want, not what their husband or wife or whatever significant other wants. I guarantee you the 99% of them have not sat down and figured out what they want. Um, you know, because something I was thinking of, you know, as you were talking before, just now was because when people take time for themselves, we've always been taught that that's a very selfish thing to do. Yes. I was and, taught that. Yes. And that's, and in a way it is, but like I said before, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have got to fill your cup first. You know, it's the old saying we hear it all the time. If you fly at all, you know, the, the oxygen mask drops, they tell you put that oxygen mask on yourself first. You don't put it on your kid. You've got to take care of you before you can help them. So, you know, if you want to call it selfish, awesome. So be it. I'm going to be selfish. But there's, I think there's a difference between being selfish and taking care of yourself and being selfish like a complete asshole. And yes. that's where you don't want to just be, well, everything is about me. I'm a narcissist and the whole entire world revolves around me. You don't, you don't have to go to that point to take care of yourself. Yes, I completely agree. And, and I was taught, I don't know if it was just... Um, you know, I grew up in religion, um, and I don't, I don't know if it was that. I don't ever remember anybody specifically telling me it's selfish to, like, um, it's, it's wrong to be selfish or it's sinful to be selfish. Yeah. Um, but there was this underlying idea of, like, you should always help other people. You should always, yeah. like, you know, and, and um, I, I recently, I've really stepped into that, like, um, saying no, I, I've been, mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to say no sometimes because yeah. especially if somebody's asking me for a favor or they want me to do something or they want me to go, um, hang out or, or something like that. I really have to stop and think, do I want to do this? And yeah. if I do, then, and it's hell yeah, then uh, immediately then I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's do it. If it's like, eh, I don't really, I found myself in this situation. Like 
I was thinking, I don't really know if I want to do this thing that this person's asking me, um, but they're asking me because they have a need that they yeah. need filled, and um, I want to help them solve this problem, but uh, or I want to help them fill this need, but also I don't want to do this thing, and I and I and I realized <laughs> it was like you know, give them more context. Like my landlord asked me if I wanted to mow the lawn for twenty bucks a, a, a week or something like that, and I was like, yeah, you know what? No, I don't want to. Um, and but I I I had a struggle for a minute, and I was like, but it would be helping him out, and it's twenty bucks. I don't really need twenty bucks though. So like, yeah. and I don't want to spend my Saturday, uh, you know going down and getting a mower and like, I don't want to do it. So I, but I had this internal struggle of like, well, I don't want to let him down. What if, is he going to think less of me if I say no? And I was just like, you know what, dude, fuck it. Like I, (laughs) I don't want to mow the lawn. Uh, When Saturday rolls around and, uh, I have time off, I'm going to be very thankful that I don't have a chore to do. And I've been doing chores my whole damn life. <laughs> you know? Absolutely like, fucking beautiful, man. I, yeah. And so I told him no, and no hard. He was like, no hard feelings. I'm always afraid that when I tell somebody no, that they're gonna think I'm being a dick. And I'm, and yeah. it's, it's not that. It's not that I don't. And and it, I don't have to give them an explanation other than Mm-mm. no. <laughs> no, and, and I and I love that you just said that. We don't have to explain ourselves, and you and I are both very nice guys, and that's. We both feel that same kind of need, you know, when, when somebody asks us automatically, it's our default to want to try and help them and do anything we can and feel really, really bad if we say no. And if we say no, then to feel like we have to justify it, like, well, I dude, I would, but I've got this and this and this, and it can't be like, no, I just don't want to fucking do it, you know, because then we feel like we're going to be complete assholes. But like I said, if it's not what's truly best for us and our well-being, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of that. It is absolutely 1,000% okay just to say no um, and not feel you know bad about it. If, if somebody has issues with you making that decision, again, this is my theme apparently, is that's on them. You know, that's a reflection on them and something they need to deal with uh, because they have put a false um, image in their minds or false expectation you know, in their mind of what you should or shouldn't do for them. And you, you don't owe them anything in life. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it took me, uh, it's taken me some time to like understand that and to, to kind of get past that feeling of, well, I don't want to let them down or what, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, but, but at the end of the day, it feels, it feels good. And you, and I feel like I've kind of done myself a favor by saying no, because yeah. <laughs> I don't, otherwise I would be trapped into this commitment and, you know, three, a few months into it, I would, or a few weeks into it, I'd be like, Fuck, why did I say I was yeah. going to mow the lawn? Like, I was say, every fucking Saturday, man, you'd be like, God, why? what am I doing here? I, was, I could be out doing this. I could be out just, you know, on, you know, taking a nature trail, you know, hike, walking. I could be just sitting at home playing some games, you know, hitting some pinball, whatever, sure. you know, or, you know, going to hit in a pinball, you know, arcade somewhere, which we're going to have to do one of these days, man, because I fucking, I love pinball. Oh, dude, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a really awesome, have you been, there's a, a really awesome place in Roxana called Mm. um, CP Pinball, and it's, um, you know, you play, I think they're actually raising the price to like $6 or $7.50 or something like that, but it's like, it's a flat fee per hour. Oh, nice. And and everything's just on free play, so you can play as much as you want, you don't have to put quarters in, and I think then it's like $20 or $25 for the whole day, 
And they're nice. only open on Saturdays from noon to midnight. <laughs> See? Yeah. See, there you go, man. So, An interesting note. Just yeah, real quick. So, <laughs> I actually own a pinball machine. It doesn't oh, work shit. anymore, but oh. I own a pinball machine. Which one? It's the Kiss pinball machine. Oh, that is dope. That is dope. Yeah. Yeah, it, it worked. I bought it a couple decades ago. And it worked when I bought it, but something happened to it, and so I just I put it in a garage, and it's been sitting there ever since. Um, but I still I have actually I have the back glass, like the glass you see up at the top of the machine. Yeah, it's it's here in my house with me because that's worth more than the rest of the machine combined. <laughs> that's uh, funny. But but I, I just love it. I never want anything to happen to it. But yeah, someday I'm I'm hoping to get it restored. Hell yeah, and, and man! Bring it back out, man. I would love to have one in my apartment. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, that's something I've, that, that I'm, it's not like a super realistic goal, but it's something that I have in the back of my mind, you know? Um, yeah. uh, so I, I wanted to go back to something that you said, um, that has been really resonating with me. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, for a couple of years, I was a really big champion for law of attraction. Um, and I yeah. still am, I still am. It's not, um, I don't, my, my perception of it is different than it was at the beginning. It's like, I'm constantly learning about this thing, but, um, mm -hmm. when you, you were talking about just focusing on doing, uh, coaching for divorced dads and like, yeah. um, I think I've recently come back to some podcasts and some, um, audio books that I've been listening to that, uh, revisiting like that, that idea of just having a single point of focus in your mind. Um, on one thing and seeing that thing like manifest in your life, yeah. you know, and, and seeing that goal grow. And I have, I, I have experienced that in like a major way when there's something that I am almost like, um, I can't even explain. It's not just something that you think about. Um, it's like something that you think about and dream about on almost like a, a subconscious level, like a soul yeah. level. And then this thing almost just starts to kind of like um, build. I think of like the movie Inception and like how um, in that movie, like they when they when they're in a dream, they build these like worlds um, around them, and that's almost kind of what I what I feel like it's like um, when I first started uh, Treehouse and and these uh, these networking events that I was doing, and I was like. I just want to create a space for people to connect. I just want to network. I just want to connect people. Yeah. I just want to help people. Like, um, people started coming into my life that needed help connecting that wanted to come to these events. Um, we started getting a couple hundred to three or 400 people to these events sometimes. And it felt effortless, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when we were doing, uh, in, with my podcast, uh, strange house for a while, same thing. Like we were really focusing on, uh, the punk rock scene and having a lot of the bands on our podcast and um, you know it, it became easier and easier to get into some of these music festivals and and to get access to some of these like um, to higher profile guests and stuff like that and um, more people were seeking out that content and it, it felt very effortless because it was like really truly resonating with like my soul that I wanted to do these things um, yeah. not so much that I was just thinking and, and you can think about these things in like a negative way like oh I really want a girlfriend but I don't mm. have one I you know yeah. like there's a fine line between like but I want one so bad and I don't have <laughs> one it's like as opposed to just being like I this is something that I want and I'm just gonna be like act as if I already have one and feel that you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying like yeah. like yeah. really be the manifestation of what it is that you want 
and uh, feeling and acting as if it is already there. Um, do you, you know, how far do you get into that kind of stuff? I know it gets a little, gets to be a little like, um, hippy dippy or woo woo, but <laughs> woo-woo, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. um, I mean, I've had some experience and even recently, um, I've had some experiences that are very real with that. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm with you, man, it's kind of evolved and I think it will always, you know, be an evolving process, but like a lot of people, you know, I, think probably one of the earliest things at least that stands out is you know one of the anchors you know for when i was introduced to it was you know the movie the secret you know just think about what you want and it's all going to manifest and that's the one that always sticks out in my mind and whether that was where i was first introduced to it or not i don't know but it really does just come down to um and i and i really am big on it you know i don't think that it's just going to magically you know, up here, if I'm sitting here, like the thing they talk about in the movie is like, you know, if you think about an elephant, it's not just going to magically show up in your you know, living room. Um, so it's not going to be like that. But if we cut out all the shit, and this is the beauty of saying no, you know, going back to the point from earlier, saying no to this and saying no to this, unless it's a hell yes, the more things you say no to, the clearer you get on the things that you truly love. Yeah. And, and you become more aware of those things. And, you know, I, you know, we deep into personal development, so we know about the reticular activating system. That's those things that come into our awareness because there are millions and millions of bits of information that we could be taking in at any moment of our life, but our brain can't process all of that at the same time. It has to focus on just a couple of little things. And so when we're focused on just one one goal or two or three, well, I shouldn't say two or three, but just when we're really focused on, like you said, treehouse or with me, like, you know, focusing on working specifically with divorced dads, it makes it so much easier to pick up on the conversations, you know, that somebody is having close to you or just to see things somewhere that you wouldn't have seen otherwise because that's what you're focused on. Like if you're driving down the road, yes. there's all these billboards, you know, but if you're, if you're thinking about, um, I don't know, a million different things, but you're not going to see the billboards as clearly as if you're just looking for, I need a gas station now, you know, so you're going to see the gas station sign because like, oh, there it is. Okay, because I need a gas station right here in this minute. But if you're just driving down the road and you're not paying attention and you don't need gas, well, you don't see it. You don't pay attention to it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you've got to just really focus in on it. And I've, I've gotten really, really good, um, I think over the last couple of months, well, in the last month or two especially, about um, just really feeling myself in that state. Like you said, you've got to be that person that you want to be. You know, whether that be, you know, somebody who wants to have a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, um, <laughs> just any of that, putting myself in that state and acting as if I am that person. And that doesn't mean I walk down the sidewalk talking to my fake girlfriend. Now there's, you know, <laughs> that's not, that's Please a little tell bit me you do. <laughs> it, it's not quite that, but it is acting. It's like going about my day, you know, carrying myself with that confidence and that belief in myself that. I am worthy of love and I deserve love and I can give love and I can be open and have conversations with people and I can drop the walls, you know, that I might otherwise put up if I was just like, or, and probably even better, you know, um, uh, peace would be the desperation. Like you said, if I want a girlfriend, you know, yeah. if you're in this state of, I want a girlfriend, well then the very first person that comes along, you're like, well, I want a girlfriend. So I'm going to do everything I can to make this person like me. And even if I don't like a lot of stuff about them, I'm going to, like it anyway because I want a girlfriend. I want a girlfriend. I yes. want a girlfriend. And that's not going to lead to the relationship that is going to make you truly happy. 
Yes, absolutely. A- another tough one is um, is with money. Like it, mm. uh, that fine line of like, I. It's so hard to be focused on. Um, now I got into this mindset with my when I was self employed for a really long time. I need money. Um, I don't, and I don't have money. <laughs> so it's yeah. very hard to kind of feel as if you have it when your bank account feels like it's draining, you know? Yeah. So you really, it's, it's really a a focus, but you know, I think something that you said about like the gas station analogy too, is a lot of times those things are kind of hidden in plain sight. I just haven't tuned my frequency or my perspective enough to notice them. They're there. Like whatever the thing is that I want is already there. I already have it. I just have not, um, tuned into finding it, you know, or figuring out like what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's I, a really I, fascinating I thing. I can't think of a specific example, but I've, I've seen that happen multiple times in my life where I, I'm just completely oblivious to something. And then for whatever reason, somebody, let's just say it's a house, you know, it's in this town and I, and I drive past it. I've literally driven past it for years and never seen it, never paid any attention to it. And then for whatever reason, I happen to know somebody or meet somebody and we go to that house. And I'm like, where the hell did this house come from? I've been driving by here for like decades and I've never seen this house, but it's been there the whole time. It's because you never had a reason to focus on that house. You were always focusing on something else. And that house was there the whole time. So it's not until, like, say you get really clear on exactly what it is you're looking for, that then you're going to start seeing those little bitty um, things that you want in your life. And like I said, they've been there the whole time, but you just, you never, you never noticed them before. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really crazy thing to think about. It's like the, um, I love it though. I love this kind of stuff because it, it's, I feel like these things are in a way are, um, skills. It's like tuning your focus or, um, keeping your focus on something, um, to the extent of, uh, getting the thing that you want because it's like. If I keep my focus on it, if I keep moving toward it, it will, it's almost like undeniable that it will happen, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, oh, it is. Some, the bigger, I think the bigger the goal or the more, the, the larger the improbability of that thing. Like if it's like, if I kept my focus on a million dollars, I want to make a million dollars in one year. I, you know, right now I have a thousand dollars. If, if it might take me a while, it might take me a decade. It might not, but like, you know, it depends, I guess it depends on how powerful my, my focus and my energy and how much it's like resonating with me. But like, I think it's inevitable that if you like are so focused on that, eventually it might take decades, but you'll get there one way or another. Right? Like, well, and I think a big key to that process too is not being stuck on how you're going to get there because we get too focused on thinking it has to happen exactly this way. It's like, I'm going to make a million dollars and it has to be exactly this way. It's like, no, just remember the end goal and then just be completely open to how it's going to come because it's going to come in a way that you're never, ever going to expect. And you've got to be willing to be open to that and not be so rigid. Yeah. 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 Cause if you're stuck on one way, it has to come this way. Well, yeah. then you're not open to other ways that it could come through too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've been subject to that too. I've, I've been guilty of that where I've, I've been like, well, but it has to come through this way. And 
then it's like I'm not open to other areas that might be easier for it to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so tell me a little bit about, um, you know, I know that you're doing this uh, divorce dad coaching thing. I see you talking about it on Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about, and I, I like this because it's, it is very specific and I think it's um, important um, I actually, re- I recently have been going through, um, uh, shout out to this guy uh, that I follow. I've talked to him on the podcast a couple times. Um, uh, you might be interested in it, James. It's his, uh, Instagram is the love drive and, the love um, drive. yeah, and it's about love yeah. and relationship. It's about sex, love and relationships. And it's about, um, he has a podcast, uh, but he, he talks about um, a lot of the things that we've actually talked about already. Vulnerability, intimacy, <laughs> building a connection with people. Um, but uh, I think what you are doing is it is it's a um, – I don't even want to say niche. It's just specific and it's a need. Um, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about like you know, how you came up with this idea and, and what you're doing with it? Yeah, yeah, and, and it is a niche. I mean it's, it's a very specific group of people. I've been doing some form of life coaching for almost two years now. And what happened was I was just trying to be the guy that wanted to help everybody. You know, it's like, I just want to help the whole world. If you look back on my, not my Instagram, because it hasn't been around that long, but my Facebook, you know, it's, I've been putting out positive motivational quotes, stuff like that for over a decade. And so when I started diving into the life coaching side of things, I just, I just want to help everybody because I want everybody to have an amazing life. That's just what I want to do. And I was really struggling because I wasn't really, I didn't feel like I was truly connecting with anybody um, on the grand, on a grand scheme. I mean, I would get all kinds of great feedback and people would love things I was saying. And, and so I mean, I was definitely influencing people, but I didn't feel like I was making that massive impact that I wanted to make with somebody. And so I realized, like we talked about, I had to get hyper focused on what's one person, you know, not not literally, you know, but what is this one ideal person that I can be talking to, you know, somebody that I can specifically address their exact situation and what they've gone through or what they're going through and how can I help them? And I looked at my life and, and, you know, the biggest transformation of my life came from when I had my second divorce, you know, I had to wake up and really dive deep into who I was, but I know there are a lot of guys that will not have had the pleasure or the um, benefit of having that 10 to 15 years of at least surface level personal development before. So they won't be able to make that transition as easily. And so I thought I want to help these guys who are going through divorce, have gone through divorce and help them, you know, regain their confidence and their belief in themselves and see that this isn't the end of the world. Yes. We've lost this vision of what we thought life was going to be like, Nobody goes into marriage thinking it's going to, you know, end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if you got a, even if you got a prenup, you're still, you know, you don't honestly think it's going to end. You're just kind of covering your butt just in case it does. But what I see happen so often is, you know, when guys come out of their marriages, they're bitter, they're angry, and mm-hmm. especially with the court system, unfortunately, if you, you know, if you've got kids, then it's really stacked against you in a lot of ways, and so they get in this angry, bitter mode and don't ever come out of it and just really turn into complete jerks. Uh, and I wanted to help these guys. So it was really just seeing, okay, who can I help the most? And let me go in there and show them that there is 
you know, light at the end of the tunnel. This is not the end of your life. It's the end of a chapter in your life, but we can rebuild you, you know, and yeah, come out of this even better because now you're much more aware of what, what, you know, while well, you will be more aware of what's, what worked for you, what didn't work for you, you know, what you truly want in a relationship, yes. not, not what you thought you wanted, you know, maybe even, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, so many of us, you know, get into these relationships thinking we know what we want, but over the course of time that changes. And if you're not with somebody who is evolving and having those changes with you, it, that's where divorce comes, you know, it's up coming up. So it's, yeah. it's making sure that you can find yourself in a new, if you decide you want to get another relationship, that is somebody who is also thinking about that evolution and that growth. And we're going to do this together versus like the passion side of it, which is where most of us come into it. It's man, this chick is hot. I want her, <laughs> you know? So we, we go out on a few dates and we talk and we seem to get along and she's got some things I don't really like about her, but man, yeah, I just, she's fun. And you know, yeah, sex is great. So I'm going to marry this girl. But there's so much more that you have to dive into if it's truly going to last. Yes. Uh, and so it, it's, it's helping people understand that side of it too. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. You hit the nail on the head when you talked about, uh, you know, for me, about getting out of a relationship and, and un now understanding what it is that I want in a relationship. And yeah. um, I had never um, sat down and thought about that to like, you know, when I was young, I mean, I mean, we got, we, we got together when I was, when we were both really young and I don't think maybe either of us really thought about what is it that I really want in a partner and then what do I want my relationship to look like? Um, yeah. And, and now that I am doing that, um, you know, as I'm starting to talk to people and meet people, it's like, you, I have, I, I've got this, you know, a list of these things and that I want in a relationship and you can kind of, um, I mean, for lack of a better term, like size it up, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, there's boxes to be checked, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a lot less, um, tolerant of those yeah. things now of those red flags. Like you talked about, like, it's like, Oh, this is a big no for me. Like, this is a big thing that like, I won't compromise on like, yeah. um, you know, and, and uh, that's, it's really important. It's really important. And I, and I would think, you know, I don't have any kids, but, um, I would think that then being a dad, uh, you know, and going through a divorce and having children, that that is probably, um, something that a lot of men need support with too, and how to talk to their kids about that and how to really build a relationship with their kids, um, and keep that strong. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really cool thing that you're doing, man. Like, like I, when I saw that, when you told me about that, I was like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. I, I, I know it's a very needed thing and, you know, to kind of circle back on something you were just saying there and even what we talked about much early, you know, here you are, your personal, you know, you're into personal growth and, and trying to learn and become the best that you can be. And, and you hadn't even, you know, way back in the day, sat down to figure out exactly what you wanted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and again, we think that we're on this path, but it's not until we go through some life experiences are like, oh, well, I wasn't quite where I thought I was at. So it really is sitting down to figure out exactly what you want. And you're not always going to get every single box checked. But if you're getting 95% of them and the ones that are not getting checked are not like the make or breaks you know? Yeah. They're compromisable. I, I, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Um, 
and shoot, I had something else there. Oh, let me uh, close uh, it. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. You can think uh, about it. Well, I, cause I, yeah, I have something to like, I, there, yeah, there's on. been different times in my life where I did know what I wanted and, mm. um, not, uh, but just not on a grand scale. It was yeah. like, I want a job that pays this much that, that is in this type of work environment that, um, is flexible with this. And, and I got those jobs. I, I got those opportunities or like when I started Treehouse and everything just kind of came together effortlessly is because I, I held the idea that I wanted to be self-employed for so long and that, that came to fruition. Um, yeah. but on a grand scale in relationships and in, in, uh, on a grand scale of like what I wanted my life's vision to work, to, to look like. And that's something that I was just talking to Mike Kitko about uh, that we were just talking about on a group coaching call, um, earlier this week, I had not sat down and asked myself, what does my partner look like? Yes. Do I want a partner in my life? Yes. Um, yeah. That's something that I know, but you know, what do I want that partner to look like? Um, and what do I want that relationship to look like? I had not figured that part out. And that, and then if that's the case, then whatever that comes to you is what you're going to be like, ah, oh, well, this is okay. You know, yeah. like, this is all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, and that does kind of tie into, I remembered what it was I was going to say. Yes. What, <laughs> what I, what happens way too often is we know what we don't want. And yes. so as long as it's not what we don't want, then we're okay with it. But there's a difference between getting what we don't want and getting what we truly do want, you know, because I can say I don't want um, pizza with mushrooms on it. And okay, so they bring me a pizza that just has sausage. Well, I actually wanted fucking pepperoni pizza. Yeah, but I didn't, yeah. But I didn't say I wanted pepperoni pizza. I just said I don't want pizza with mushrooms on it. So there's... It's getting extremely clear on not just what you don't want, but what you do want. Yes. Finding all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very, very good illustration. Um, James, this is phenomenal, man. Um, I, I enjoyed this conversation. I can't believe that we've been going for almost an hour already. <laughs> I love um, it, man. It's I, been awesome. I do, too. I do, too. Um, I would love to have you back on uh, sometime soon. Um, uh Tell me, yeah, tell, really. how can people find you? I think on Instagram, it's at the real James Dunn, right? Yeah. You type in at the real James Dunn anywhere, I man. That's where I'm at. I've got you know, at the real James Dunn on Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, it's James Dunn. But if you just type at the real James Dunn for Facebook, it'll pop me up in there. My website's the real James Dunn. I, I learned the easiest thing to do, uh, to help people out is to try and get it across the board, pick one thing. So you type in the real James Dunn because there's a bunch of other James Dunns, but they're all fakes. They're not the real James Dunn. <laughs> there's only one real James Dunn, baby. That's right, uh, man. That's me. Do you, uh, if there's any divorced dads out there, do you, you mentioned that you were like developing a program. What's the skinny on like how can, how can they find you and sign up for a program or like do you have a website or anything like that or should they just follow you and, and they'll, they'll get the, the 411? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the easiest thing is like if you want to follow me on any, any of the socials or the website, there you can do that. I do have what I'm running right now called the Divorce Dads Hangout Zoom call, which I'm actually oh, cool. going to be doing here in about half an hour after we finish this call. Um, I do a Zoom call once a week, and what it is is really it's just an hour where a bunch of divorce dads we get on there and we just you know introduce ourselves. You know, there's some guys that come back week to week, and there's other guys that come in fresh each week, and we just say, hey, here's who I am, here's where I'm. You know, uh, here's where I live and here's kind of my story. And 
we just go around the room doing that. And then just even in that, it's been extremely cathartic for a lot of these guys because they hear other guys' stories and like, oh, shit, man. Well, my ex-wife cheated on me, too. And, oh, my gosh, my ex-wife is, you know, holding the kids and won't let me do this. And so just hearing other people going through the same thing that they're going through lets them realize they're not alone, yeah. you know, and there's, there's nothing wrong with them. This is just something that's happening in their lives right now. And they're like, Oh wow. Okay. There are other guys that are going through this and they can bond and share stories and just feel like they've got somebody in their corner that they can talk to that understands what they're doing. So that's something I run each week and I've got a link in at least as the, as of the time of this recording in my bio, um, that you can, you know, jump in on that call. And that's always really cool. Uh, but I got a Facebook group tied in with that. So you can find me on any of those. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, dude, I'll let you get some time back um, before your next call. But um, thanks so much for joining me today. This was phenomenal. Um, I'll probably have this up on Monday or Tuesday next week. And, awesome, uh, Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I loved it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make sure you know about it and I'll tag you. And um, yeah, dude, much love. I'd love to have you back on. And um Appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, and yeah, thanks for your time. Awesome, man. All right. All right. Loved it. Appreciate it. And definitely, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be back anytime you want me. For so sure. Take care, bud. <laughs> Talk soon, bud. Right.